0: So we're going to do it again this week. Uh, so I'm using religion in the negative kind of sense there. Alright, here we go. 1 John chapter 3, verse 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. 1 John, John chapter 4, verse 16. The second part of the verse there. God, God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in Him. And then kind of my last uh, diving board place for this message is the beginning of 1 Corinthians, often called the love chapter. And Paul says, this is the most excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I'm a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, and have a faith that can move mountains, but have not uh, excuse me. and have not love, I am nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. Okay, so the point here is God is love, and He shows us what love looks like in Jesus Christ. He lays down His life. Love looks like Calvary. looks like Jesus Christ dying on the cross for the sins of the world. While we were dead, while we were enemies, Jesus Christ demonstrates the love of God in coming for us, for all of us, all of the world. For He he so loved the world, not just a select few. So there's a little bit of theology in there for you, jumping out there. Okay, not just a select few. And And so here's the thing, though. As we walk out our journey with Jesus, we've been talking a lot about living in God, living in Christ. As we walk out our journey in Jesus Christ... If we don't do it with love, we kind of miss the whole deal because that's what God is like, and so it it matters. You know, I could be a I could be a martyr. I could lay my life. We got lots of missionaries in the room, usually do on any given Sunday here at Christ Fellowship. It's a reproducing church, and so I, if I do everything, I'm on mission. And I go for it like crazy, but I don't have love flowing through my heart. I miss it. Does that make sense? So that's that's something God really wants us to get. I want to talk about. This uh, really finished this series up on created to do great things. Last week, you know, we talked about all of this happens in Jesus Christ. And I want to build on that this week. The first week was making music together. We're part of God's great symphony, playing individual parts. The second week, we talked about being on a mission together to share God's life. The third week, Pastor Larry Mouton came and shared about living water flowing through us and touching the nations. Uh, Then Susan Peters came and talked about justice. And we want to be people that live to make things right. Yes, okay. Just reviewing here. And then last week was in Jesus. And what the main thing I was trying to say last week was that Jesus says on the day the Spirit comes, you're going to realize something. You're going to realize that I'm in my Father, that you are in me, and I am in you, and I've done it. That sounds, like, that sounds strange on our ears in America because we want to do some stuff to help Jesus out. We really do. We want to, we want to have some just extra strong faith or do some extra kind of stuff along the way that just you know, makes us kind of get to contribute a little bit to that whole process. So this is kind of a part two, talking about the grace of God again and specifically about this thing with relating to Jesus. You know, my own... The story was that I came to Jesus Christ at 22 years old. I had been living the prodigal son life. And I came to my senses because I had a vision of Jesus Christ one night before me, smiling, going like this. White robe, gold sash, smiling. And I had said, Jesus, if that's You, You've got to save me because I'm so lost. And I met Jesus that night. It was like, He'd always had me, but, but my eyes were open to say, yes, Lord. He didn't do something new for me that night. He'd already done it. He'd already done what He was going to do for me, but my eyes needed to be open to the truth, the Gospel, the good news of what Jesus Christ has done for the world. And so I remember thinking, reading the Bible, and just being gripped and mesmerized and smitten and undone and more adjectives and words like that, that when you just read something, you go, wow, this is about a relationship with God. Anybody ever just like, it's about a relationship. Nobody ever told me that. And if they did, I didn't get it. It was, you know, but it was, it's about a relationship with Jesus, a person who's alive, who's come and dealt with humanity and made things right. It just all goes back to this what has God done thing. in in eternity past, well, the word we want to remember is the Trinity. Father, Son, Holy Spirit in perfect union, not lacking anything, not needing to create us in order to enjoy themselves. Perfect love between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in that eternity past, the Father said, Son, will you do it? We want you to adopt this human race, these people that I'm going to be creating, to bring into our family, into this fellowship, the love that we share in the Spirit. And He says, yes, yes. So that's Jesus. So you've got the Trinity. You've got the, ad- the plan for adoption from before all eternity. You've got Jesus coming in the Incarnation. He comes and executes the Father's plan to bring us out of our darkness and into the light. To deal with us on the cross because we would just say, no, 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 no. We don't believe in You. We just... Argh. All the stuff that's in us, we paint on God's face. And Jesus comes and deals with that and raises us up with Him, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and there we sit with Him, seated with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. This is good news. It's what God has done for us in Jesus. And it's good news. It is the Gospel. And we, what happens is we start to see this. But there's something in us it's the broken part of us that always wants to take our eyes off Jesus and figure out some stuff that we can contribute to this thing and to, to stop seeing what ultimately what God has done for us in Jesus. And so, um, I must have been going real loud because I'm losing my breath. Um, uh, it's awkward. Um, <clears throat> I need to walk more. can't run. Um, you need to walk more. Anybody ever, you're doing something now you judged when you were younger? I used to, all the time, man, back when I was playing ball, pow, that was a long time ago. But a guy would be out there in, in grapevine walking with his wife, had hand weights. I'd say, honey, look, guy's got hand weights. And now, all the time, I'll say, hey, can I take those weights out with us? We're, we're Do something like Make muscles here or something. Just needed to bring y'all in a little bit. It has nothing to do with the sermon, right? Okay, and so what happens then is we are in a process of learning. Our whole life is a learning process. We're being educated, growing up, getting our eyes, getting the blinders pulled off that the God of this age is constantly wanting to blind us. It's not a one-time thing you saw Jesus and now you kind of float on through life and you're going to heaven one day he's constantly God's wanting to pull the blinders off so we can see more of Jesus and who he really is his goodness his life his love and be swept into this thing it's beautiful and wonderful and good God is love and you know if he's if you want to get legalistic just if there's something you want to be legal about Receiving God's love. That would be a good thing to be... I'm, just, I'm all under it. I have to receive His love again today. <laughs> He's love. It's why He made us. He included us in His life. And when you... When we get this, when you love, you don't need a law. My heart... Ah, is breaking right now for my brothers, our brothers and sisters in Iraq. You know, we were... Back in 2004, I was with Jimmy. We were going into Mosul, and it was too dangerous. went past a bunch of checkpoints with guys with AK-47s and stuff, and we were right there, Kurdistan, Iraq. And uh, just knowing and being in that area, being close to where those guys were and are, it just in fact, let's just pray. Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy. Have mercy on our brothers and sisters. Oh God, demonstrate yourself. In their lives right now is the God who loves, who cares, who sees, who sees just the, the pain, the, the absolute, uh, Lord, nightmare, Lord, that our brothers and sisters are, are living in right now. And Lord, set them free, deliver them, send angels, send, uh, send brothers and sisters, Lord, send people, use, use ways and means, all kinds of things we can't even think about, Lord, to set them free, to deliver them. Lord, where men are being just just abused, and women abused, and children abused. Lord, set people free in Jesus' mighty name. So He's the God. He's the God who loves. He is love. And I guess what got me thinking about that was, with love you don't need a law. You know, there's coming a day when the world's going to, things are going to be made right. And we are going to love one another as the Father loves the Son. You don't need laws to say don't kill and all that kind of stuff when you love like that, right? So here's the, th- um, main, the main thing. is the same sentence from last week. Living in the truth of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ sets us free to do great things as we keep our eyes on Jesus. So let me go through five key words right here. And I'm just going to go ahead and give them to you to write them down now so that we can pay attention on this because it'll go quick. One, love. First word, love. Second word, faith. Love, faith, repentance. Everybody's wait, excited about that one. Love, faith, repentance, life. And then religion. Love, faith, repentance, life, and religion. So, what I'm saying here, God is love. He is absolutely Love And what he is saying to us is, let me love you. Let me love you. What's God saying to you this morning? And I, I don't know what all he's saying, but he's saying this. Let me love you. Let me love you right where you're at, in the middle of your need, whether you know it or don't, he's saying, let me love you. You can always count on that. He's saying, let me love you. If you like, I listen to the Lord and I don't hear anything then you're going to start hearing this. Let me love you. I love you. I love you, son. I love you, daughter. I I love you. That's what God is saying. I love you. Like the prodigal son. He's waiting. Just waiting to run. You know, and we're, we're not computers. We're not robots. That have to, you know he gives a, it's part of love is being able to respond it's what uh, makes a, a a husband's and wife's love real is that Laura doesn't have to do everything Dennis says and Dennis doesn't have to do everything Laura says and that love makes that beautiful and, and, and the choice makes that beautiful the freedom to respond God gives us that dignity and so even when we do come to our senses like the prodigal son he's there waiting he's girding up. His, he's, he's running. He's running after, running after us, the Father. And uh, can I just say that there are a few things in life that distract us from receiving the love of God. Just a few. You ever go through seasons where you go, my goodness, I, I can't even hardly walk across the room without being distracted from the last thing that I went over to do. I, I, I do this all the time. I get on the computer for something, and I, I went to do something, and I forgot what app I was going to. And I'm distracted upon the distraction, upon the distraction, upon the distraction, and I'm closing it up, and I remember what I originally went to do. <laughs> could be an age thing, but I think it's a distraction thing. Yeah. It's like, part. it's like, wow. It's a it's a pretty high level assignment against us that we would be distracted from having our eyes on the Lord and receiving the love that he wants to give because our torn up souls on the inside of us desperately need to receive the love of God and you don't outgrow it you don't move beyond it you say man how many times have you preached this message it's because that's what Jesus Christ came to bring us into into the love of God he brings bring us right, right into the circle of fellowship. You know, we're included in Him. So the second word. What's God saying? He's saying, love. Let me love you. And what does it look like when we let God love us? What does it look like? That's called faith. God's saying, let me love you. And when I say yes, that's what faith is. And it may be happening in the room right now. That's what God's wanting to happen. For faith to start rising in your heart to say, yes, Lord, I want to do that. The Father's love is real. The Father's love is right now. And if you accept it, it's like opening a door that absolutely changes your life. It starts flowing through you to touch other people. And so that's a different kind of thing faith described as going, yes, then I've been having it in my mind like, The the, the picture I've been using this week, was I've been talking to some different people about this, and it's almost like, especially in the Western world, we think about faith almost as like a work. You know, like something, it's by grace you've been saved through faith. Faith, This is not from yourselves, it's the gift of God. The grace and the faith are a gift of God. But we look at it like... (sighs) and, And we get to a certain point, and then it's... I have faith or I have enough faith I have enough faith for healing or enough faith to be saved or enough, and I want to say we give ourselves way too much credit <laughs> way too much credit and nobody's going to nobody's going to get face to face with Jesus on that day and say Jesus I made too much of what you were doing for us and saving us no one no one's going to say, "I made too much of you. I just made you too big in my mind. I made your grace too big in my life." Come on Like yep. I'm yeah. on something. We aren't trying to create something that's not real. If I could just believe enough, it'll become real. What we're doing is seeing what is real and saying yes to what is reality? God's love for us in Jesus Christ, our inclusion with Him. So the third word, love, faith, repentance. Another good question here is, what is keeping you from letting God love you? And when you see that, when you see whatever it is, and turn from that, that's called repentance. So here's what happens is we see God's love for us in Jesus and we believe. And then in His presence, we realize, wow, I've got stuff in my life that's totally pulling me away from God. It's pulling me away from just being able to receive what He's got for me. And so instead of thinking repentance, think I'm going to change my mind from this kind of way of living and and look at Jesus. Does that make sense? That's what repentance means. It's changing my mind. Changing my direction and saying, yes, Lord. And I don't do that in order to get God to give me something He's unwilling to give. I see Him and in His presence I realize, wow, there's things that need to change in my life. I've got to stop looking at that stuff. You know, guys, it's not, I'm not, not looking at stuff in order to get something. God's given it. But in His presence, I realize that's dragging me down. Does that make sense? And so repentance is going, Jesus, I want You. Apart from You, as Brother Lawrence used to say, I can do no better. I need You. I need Your life. I need You, Lord. Everybody tracking? Changing your mind. It starts there in His presence and realizing wow, this has got to go. And, you know, sometimes it's classic kind of stuff, like watching stuff on TV or the Internet or whatever. But then sometimes it's like judging people. And in His presence, I realize, man, the judgment's got to go because I can't love them and judge them at the same time. Wrong tree, wrong life. Okay? Fourth thing. What's... Okay, so review... What's God saying to us? Let me love you. Yeah, let me love you. What does it look like when we let God love us? Faith. Faith. Believing, yeah. And what is keeping us from letting God love, uh, l- letting us love God, uh, opening ourselves up to His love, is repentance. We turn from those things. And the last question then is... What happens when this love and this life starts flowing through us to other people? That is, that's what He wants to happen. His love flowing through me to other people. And when that happens, as imperfectly as it does, I don't do it perfect, Gene doesn't do it perfect, you know, all around this room, nobody does it perfect, but that's called the Christian life. When God's love starts flowing through me to Tiffany or to Anda, that's, that's living the Christian life. And He wants that to happen more and more and more. That's the way we were meant to live. Husbands and wives. Not living tit for tat, wrong kingdom, you did this, I'm going to get you back, kind of stuff. But laying our lives down because that's the, that's the way of Jesus. Husbands doing that for wives. Wives doing that for husbands. Fathers doing that for sons. Sons doing that for dads. Imagine... Wow, this is like a a vision. Imagine what could happen if everybody loved one another and that kind of life flowed through us. Loving hard to love people. loving, Loving people that are killing our brothers and sisters, you know, in Iraq. Loving our enemies. Loving. Loving because that's what God is like. Those people are people that Jesus Christ died for. You know? our brothers and sisters and those who are persecuting them. So the, the alternative to living this way, receiving God's love, walking in faith, repentance, and in life, sharing that life, is that we fall back from looking to God and we start saying, you know, if I could just do a few things here, I'm going to help this whole program out, and that's called religion. Now, I mean religion in the negative sense. It's used a couple times positively in the New Testament, but mostly... It's used in a negative kind of way. So religion, what I'm talking about, if you want to write this down, is a system of beliefs or things that we do in order to get to God. And it is based right out of our darkness, right out of a lie from the pit of hell, from Satan himself, the enemy of our souls. And it is a terrible, terrible misunderstanding of God. It is living life, like we talked about last week, As the older brother who is right in the middle of God's blessing for him the father says I've everything I've got is yours older brother comes up he's ticked off they're having a party like all these years I've been working for you and the father says don't you know that everything it's already yours you don't have to slave you don't have to work your fingers to the bone you don't have to be on the hamster's wheel just running, 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 because it's already yours. You don't have to work like that to get something that God's already given you. And it sets us free to be free indeed. You know, when you see Jesus like this, He said it, it sets us free. It sets us free to live full, whole lives. And what happens is, the judgment thing, I keep going back to judgment, because what is it that happened in the Garden of Eden? Adam and Eve, they eat the fruit, the, the, the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's the judgment tree is what it is. They eat the judgment tree. And when you eat the judgment fruit, and when we judge, we can't love other people with the unconditional love of God. We cannot show other people the unsurpassable value that they have that was worth Jesus Christ dying on the cross for them. We can't do it. And we'll always be ranking. You know, you fit here, and i uh, I'm there. Or, or you fit there and I'm, I'm here. And, and we're constantly doing this thing. You know. Even, even in the room, we can do this. They have money. They're the right race or the wrong race or all that kind of stuff that is the fallen life. It's the life of judgment. And what God's done for us, all this diversity that you see is making us one people, one race, one people that are marked by the love of God. That is the main way that we are to be known. Not did we get the project finished on the building, not, did, not even did we do, fulfill the mission in Fort Worth, which we totally want to do, and in the nations of the earth, but do we do that while we are loving one another? Yeah, on. Is this group going to be marked by love as we go forward? And man, let's don't let anything stop us. When the judgment stuff's happening... When the religion thing's going, I have to be right. I get my identity. I actually start getting life from being right. My opinions on certain doctrines and things, it's just—it's all part of the religious hamster's wheel. That's what I'm doing right now. You, if you weren't here last week, you go, what's, what's he doing? It's the hamster's wheel. There's a story that goes with it. and um, So it's just hamsters. They get on there and they run, 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 run. They're not going anywhere. Okay? We have to be right. <coughs> we get value in our sense of being out of what we do anybody ever struggle with that one John Ortberg calls it the shadow mission the shadow mission is when 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 we get identity let's say for being a being a pastor or being a you know an IBM career guy or being you know a teacher with a masters or being you know we get identity out of the stuff we've done rather than out of who we are in Christ, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm, I'm, anybody can do this. But what happens is, if those things are taken away or we move into a different situation, and it just rattles us to the core, God wants to get our hearts. He wants to get me. He wants to get you. I feel this way sometimes with the temptation to let other people know what I'm doing. You ever, you ever do that? What you're doing? Kind of for God? you've got a lot of stuff, you've had a busy week. And you're kind of whooped and beat and weary, and you you know other people are like, what do you do anyway? You do you, all pastors, you work or anything, you know? And I'm like, uh, mercy God. Being honest, anybody else help me? I'm the only one that struggles with that. <laughs> so how do we move forward in this? What do we do? The way forward is to know that God loves us and that anything that we think about God any ideas that we get they need to be corrected and realigned by looking at Jesus Christ right so if I've got an idea about God I need to recalibrate that idea to Jesus Christ look to Jesus he is the truth that sets me free he's the path of life no one can come to the Father Except through Jesus. In fact, no one's ever seen the Father but Jesus Christ. And He reveals, He's going to be the one that reveals the Father to you. We come to the Father through one mediator, the man, Jesus Christ. It's the only way. He is the way, the truth, and the life that sets us free, that brings everything into focus and perspective. And all of our fears about the future, about judgment, about do we do it right, do we not do it right, all that kind of stuff. God takes it all in Jesus and brings it right smack into your life. He includes you in that. Includes you and Him and Him and you. And says, you're with me right now. I've seated you with me in the heavenly realms. That's why it's so key. If we're going to talk about doing stuff, doing great things, we're finishing up this series today, and we are called to do great things. We are. But it's in the context of the freedom that we find in Jesus Christ. That's it. I think it's a word that someone needs to hear today. The best thing as you're sitting listening to this isn't to try to figure out how your spouse needs to change or how some significant person needs to change. You're hearing this word and going, man, I wish they'd get set free. Man, I wish they'd be able to move forward in God. Man, I wish they'd receive the grace of God so they could walk in the joy of God. They're kind of frumpy all the time. It starts when we see the Lord ourselves and we say, yes. When we see what he's done and we say, yes. And he says, on that day, when the Spirit comes, you're going to see that I, you're going to realize I'm in the Father, you are in me, and I'm in you. I've done it. I've done it. You can't make it happen. I've done that but I want you to respond to that. I want you to see it. I want you to believe it. And I want you to trust in what I've done. So look to God. And just on a personal level, instead of me looking to Kim or her looking to me, say, what, Lord, needs to change in my life? What's hindering me from loving you? And you might think about this. I've got a friend I was talking with a couple weeks ago, and and he said, Jamie, it's like a, a gigantic... Beaver Dam. You know, that's, I think of it as like a dam that's big enough to block the Mississippi River. And it's all, all those giant sequoia logs and everything that are in there. They're things that, agreements that we've made, ideas about God that aren't right, that aren't true. And so, in all of our lives, we have these things that need to, they need to go. Ideas, beliefs, you know, things that, when we get under pressure, we say the same stuff, and it totally hinders us from receiving the love of God, from walking in His peace. And I'm not—I, I'm preaching the word, and I'm receiving it because I'm right there. It's all of us, you know. And you get enough pressure, and it doesn't matter who you are. Maybe you're really mature, walked with the Lord a long time. If you get enough pressure on you. You'll find out what's in there. If there's some agreements or ideas that, you know, I feel alone. Or it's not gonna get done if I don't do it. Give me a good mom one. Somebody help. What's a just does everybody understand what I'm talking about? Things that we say that totally hinder, block, barricade, stop the flow of the living water flowing in us and through us to other people. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's just absolutely huge. What agreements have I made? And then say, Lord, I reject that agreement. Now give me a new one in the name of Jesus. Just we do listening prayer, that kind of stuff. Lord, I just I reject that thing in the name of Jesus. I just I I let it go in Jesus' mighty name. Now give me a new agreement. You know, you're not alone. You know, you've got a body of people around you to help you do the things that that you're supposed to be doing? Or another one is, what judgments have I made? Or another one is, is there any unforgiveness in my life? I mean, man, do you know that unforgiveness is one of these things that it's like... Talk about creating the barricade that stops the flow of the living water in your life. Unforgiveness is one of those deals. Just staying fresh, staying current about that. And it's it's by the power of Jesus that He gives us grace to forgive and really mean it. And we say, well, can forgiving someone really impact my life that much? It absolutely can. Because when you do that, you know, maybe it was five years ago, maybe it was a year ago, maybe it was last week, it's like you take, and probably, just using the picture here, the longer it's been, the more it becomes like a redwood or a sequoia kind of deal, and God just pulls that deal out, and the flow of life starts flowing through us again, right? So, we were made to do great things. Great things, receiving the love of God, seeing it, having the faith light go on in our hearts. And remember, faith isn't, again I have to say this, because we've made faith like a work. And so, don't think about faith like a work. Think about faith as like, yes. Don't think about faith like... Like that. Something, something like that. I'm just working on a picture. <coughs> I may not use that illustration anymore. But it's, it's something, it's just strange. You know, and it doesn't mean that there's not, somebody's going to go, the flip side of this is there's suffering, there's hardships. Yeah. But you're not doing that stuff to get something with God. You're just seeing, you're saying, yes. And I'm going to keep turning to Him. In relationship even through hard stuff persecution sufferings all of that I'll finish with this you are a people that are destined to do great things that's your destiny that's who you are God made you to do awesome things for his glory for His honor, that things that where lights go off for other people, where beauty breaks in, where your vocation is an expression of who you are in Christ Jesus. You are made to touch this city, to touch the schools of Fort Worth, to touch literally the nations of the earth. And there's not, there's not a stop sign in front of us. And there's not a stop sign in front of you. There's not a stop sign in front of Christ's fellowship. There's not no, no, no. There's yes, yes, yes in Christ Jesus. And He's pulling this stuff out of the way and opening our eyes so that we can see and pull the blinders back so that we can go, Oh Lord, you've done it all for us in Jesus Christ. And it's grand news. It's not good. It's grand. It's awesome. It's beautiful. And it's wonderful. And when we see that, everything changes. Everything changes. Good news, right? Y'all stand up. Let's respond to the Lord today.